Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer our listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so today we have a very exciting guest for you, someone we all know very well. We are going to be deep diving into the topic of rugs. They're a foundational part of the design process. They're super functional, but we've often talked here on the show that they can be kind of challenging in the design process because, you know, they're expensive. They take a lot of beat. They take a big beating from pets and kids. And so you want to make sure you're getting the right materials and they're a really large design element because they take up so much space. So we thought we would bring in our in-house expert. Her name is Carmen Barbie. She has been at Ballard for 23 years. She's for a little bit of that. She wasn't the rug merchant, but Carmen, you are truly an expert on rugs. You've seen it all. You've seen everything that Ballard has. She's always going out into the marketplace to see what's new in the rug industry. And we're excited to pick your brain. You're an encyclopedia on construction and materials and all of that. So thank you for joining us and being willing to share all of your incredible knowledge. Of course, of course. And it's not as daunting as it seems to buy a rug. You really, you you can, you can grasp it. It's it's not as hard as it seems. (laughs) You say that, I feel like it is. So what materials do I need? What size? Like, I don't even know where to start. So this is the perfect podcast, I think, for people who have been in those kind of shoes for sure. But just thinking about it, let's talk about what are rugs made out of in general? Let's just start with yeah. the one. Yeah, I think materials is where we need to start. Sure, sure. I would tell you that first and foremost, rugs are made of wool. That that would be the key um, content, the key material for most rugs. Dating back to like the rug that your grandmother passed down from her grandmother to, you know, through the generations, it would definitely be wool. So wool is considered the gold standard of a rug for sure. But then, you know, you have other components that can be a rug as well. So you have a rug that can be a natural fiber rug, a jute. When I say natural fiber, let me specify that would be a jute. Um, that could be a sisal. Some people call it sisal. Anyway, just any sort of natural fiber plant that, and I think you all know what a natural fiber rug is versus a rug that's wool. You can definitely tell. You can have a rug made um, in cotton. I call those rag rugs, and we really don't sell a lot of those. Usually those are um, smaller rugs that you might put at your kitchen sink or something like that. And rag rugs is just is a term I made up. Um, I don't know if anyone uses that term. So, <laughs> But you also now have rugs made out of synthetic fibers. So I feel like that trend has definitely grown. And certainly with everyone um, staying at home more and working from home more, synthetic fibers are usually considered easier to clean and care for, which is not necessarily always true. So you're seeing rugs like Uh, made of polypropylene. You might have a rug made of polyester. You might have a rug that is wool and viscose. You can have combinations too. So you could have a wool rug that has a synthetic fiber woven into it, um, a wool and viscose rug, for instance. And sometimes that's done for style. I feel like it's usually the person making the rug, if they're going to add in some viscose to it, it's usually for a sheen because viscose would make it a little shiny, um, more so than it is for construction and use, if that makes sense. Yeah. I almost feel like you, the the material, you should look at the material of your rug like a legend in the same way you might look at like the materials of your jeans, you know, like the more lycra or whatever spandex the stretchier it is but it's like it gives you a like a guide in terms of what it's gonna feel like what it's gonna how it's gonna wear I don't know I feel like that's just something that I've learned over the years yes like making lots of mistakes in shopping for rugs you know like oh okay this is 
I bought a viscose rug, for example, did not last long. So, you know, that kind of thing. I was going to ask Carmen next is, okay, so we have materials. Do you have a recipe or a rule book to where you use different materials within the house? And that's obviously common. I'm not saying like teach their own and everyone has their own rules, but under my dining table or my everyday kitchen where we're walking all the time versus nicer rooms. So, you know, there's not, I hate to tell you this, there's not like a a true rule for where you should use a certain type of rug. And it's kind of hard, I think, for people to grasp that you might have a true wool hand-knotted rug, maybe that's been passed down from generation to generation. That rug actually should withstand elements because you can clean it yourself. I mean, you would always want to professionally clean, which we'll get into the cleaning and caring later. But for instance, I've had a a hand-knotted rug that's wool and I have a dog and, um, or had a dog and my dog um, definitely did damage to that rug and accidental damage. And I just cleaned it myself. So, you know, I learned how to clean it. But um, back to what you're saying about, you know, if you have a high traffic area or if you have kids, dogs, you know, pets, any kind of pets, you know, I think today people really go towards the polypropylene polyester rugs more than they do a wool rug. I think they're scared of the wool rug, and you, but, but you really shouldn't be. Um, you can take care of a wool rug, but it's a lot easier to have a polypropylene rug or a polyester rug that you can um, go outside on your patio or porch and hose it down. I mean, I mean, that obviously is the easiest thing to do. And we do sell, we do carry rugs like that, the polypropylene and polyester rugs. Some, some of the polypropylene rugs you can clean with bleach. You're not going to put bleach on your wool rug, your wool hand-knotted rug. I would never suggest that. So, you know, so <laughs> there's that element. How easy of a care are you looking for? You're not going to get the same design and style out of a polypropylene rug. You're going to have more design and style, of course, from a wool rug. I mean, and that's just from the traditions of making rugs. You know, it's been it's been generations and generations who make rugs, whereas the polypropylene rugs that are so easy to care for are made by machines. They're not made by hand. So that has something mm-hmm. to do with it. Okay. Can I just say, though? The idea of having to take my rug outside every single time I get stains on it, that does not appeal to me. Like, is there anything more annoying than having to pull up your rugs? That right? would, I agree. You with move you. all your furniture. Like, I've had great, I've had probably the best luck with my hand knotted wool rugs. Right. I mean, you just get down there with a little bit of Dawn soap and water and Absolutely. a toothbrush. <laughs> and- Absolutely. And you blot the stain if that happens. And, Yes, red wine can come up. It can. You know, mm-hmm. you can also use um, white vinegar and water. Um, you can use little tricks. But but if all else fails, you can take your rug to a professional rug cleaner. I mean, they, yeah. they should be able to get stains out. But yes, you are correct. I mean, that's a lot <laughs> to take a rug outside, but people do, you know. Yeah. Well, and you know, if it's a runner or, you Smaller. know, in certain rooms, maybe it makes sense, but. To me, I'm like, oh, God, I got to move all my furniture. Right, right. Now, and that also brings up um, a point about natural fiber. So natural fiber is not a rug that I consider kid-friendly or pet-friendly. Natural fiber, if you put water on natural fiber, it will stain. It's not going to help the stain. It's going to actually cause a stain. I can speak from my own stupidity. Um, I did it with a pet stain, and yes, I watched it, and I kept thinking, that's that's going to go away. Uh, no, no, that water stain, I had to throw the rug out. So oh, gosh. It, it was Sisal that I did that on. And I mean, that was years ago. I promise I've learned my lesson. But that was, you know, your instinct is when a stain occurs, and this is a pet stain, your instinct is to get water. I mean, that's just, you immediately want to get water. And on natural fiber, no, do not. Um, do mm-hmm. not. I had the same thing, a water stain on a sisal rug. It's like, how? how? Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, it's clear, it, but it's, it just, yeah. What is the right way? <laughs> is there a way? Is there For anything? A, a natural fiber, there, there is not. 
<laughs> don't get stains on it. Don't. Oh, perfect. That's fine. It. It's just on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. So like is Folex or some kind of spray, like a specific? Uh, not that I'm familiar with. So, okay. um, hmm. no. And like natural fiber rugs don't belong on your covered porch because if the rain comes mm. and the rain, the, the wind comes and the rain gets inside your porch, that rug's going to get wet. So we, we do not encourage you to use a natural fiber rug on a covered porch, which you would think that would be so pretty and be so nice, but we do have a great dupe though for your sisal rug that our indoor outdoor sisal rug. Yes, we do. We do San Tropez. Yes. Yes. And it's soft underfoot and yes, you can hose it down and yes, you are correct. And it comes bordered and non-bordered. With those natural fiber rugs, is that why we see a lot of people layering like a wool rug on top of? Yes, that's a great, great idea. I I personally have that in my home. I took a natural fiber rug and I put a um, hand knotted rug on top of it. So it's great. And it gives you texture that you're seeking. And then you don't have to worry about your spills or your stains or anything on the natural fiber rug. Is it easier to get natural fiber rugs in larger sizes too? So you can have like extend the the look of your room and then put a wool on top of that? Um, that I believe for the, for the most part, we 10 by 14 might be the largest natural fiber. We um, do have something coming out in the new year, um, a lot bigger. So that's exciting. Our Dory Sisal rug we will have in a larger size, I believe a 12 by 18. But um, most natural fiber rugs are gonna come up to a nine by 12, maybe a 10 by 14. Unless you got it like at a carpet place where they could make custom it custom made. That's correct, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But they're more affordable. So that's why you would do a really big natural fiber then with the layered hand knot yeah. top, right? I feel like that's kind of, because if you, a 12 by 18 hand knot would be poof. That's yeah, yeah, a lot expensive. of money. <laughs> that's right. It's a great look though too. That's right. The, I mean, in natural fiber rugs, you, you brought up a great point. They are less expensive. And so therefore, when you have that damage and you have to do what I did and just get rid of it, it's not that, you know, the investment is not as huge and you're not as upset because it it didn't cost you that much. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little, go back a little bit to the synthetics? Because I'm curious if there are specific synthetic yarns that play a certain role and like why you might see that in a blend. You know what I mean? Like we talked about viscose, like super soft has a sheen. So if you see that in the materials of your rug, that's what you know it's for. Okay. It, it's going to be extra soft and it's going to be a little bit shiny. Is that, is there, are there qualities about the different synthetic yarns that you should sort of associate if it's included in the rug? You see what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I can tell you from my experience, viscose is the only synthetic yarn that's really used with wool rugs. I'm, I have not seen a polypropylene wool rug. Um, maybe there's, you know, that, that might be out there in the market. Because usually polypropylene, I think the reason is the polypropylene yarns are usually machine-made rugs. So if you have a machine-made rug, you're limited as to the yarns that you can combine with it. But um, viscose definitely is used in a lot of high-end rugs. Um, And again, I think people use viscose more to give it um, that sheen or maybe even the softness um, that you get from a viscose. I mean, it, it does make it a little softer. Other than that, I don't like, I, I'm not nylon. We did, we did a rug. We have, I have seen a rug with nylon that maybe allows the opportunity for colors. I think that's part of it. It makes it a little easier when you have synthetic fibers to do multiple colors versus a wool rug where you're literally dyeing the vats for all the colors that you want. So, I mean, you do have a lot of colors, but remember, that's a lot of work, you know, um, for a wool rug, for sure. Interesting. I hope that helped. I did not know. Yeah. So that's really, so there's no like acrylic, polyester, those types of things that you might see in upholstery. So uh, I was going to, yeah. So I was going to tell you acrylic, I'm not even, I'm not familiar with acrylic rugs. I've, they're probably more um, 
mass rugs is what I would say. That would be a nice way to say what I think. That, that would be acrylic because that would be really, really inexpensive. But I definitely have seen, we, I mean, Ballard Designs carries polypropylene and we carry polyester, um, but we do not carry acrylic. And we, and like I mentioned, we did have a nylon printed tufted rug. And again, I think the nylon was used to help with the color or to help with the pattern. There was a reason they chose the nylon yarns to be woven in there, but that's about the extent of what I've seen. Okay. Well, so then maybe we should talk about construction because that's kind of like the other half of the like map, you know, and your like specifications on your on a rug. Part of it is the material, but then the other part is how it's constructed because that is going to affect like how it cleans, how it feels underfoot. And the price. Yeah, the price. Can you walk us through those different options? Sure. And like what we should know about them? Sure. So um, you basically have, I'm just going to start at the top. So the Mac Daddy of a rug is hand knotted. I mean, it, it does not get any better than that. That is the Mac Daddy. Now within hand knots, you have different layers. So you have the size of the knot is what determines the, what the rug, if it's like the best hand knot or the least hand knot. A hand knot is a hand knot. So let's first say that. Um, you know, you're talking about a rug that takes, it could take five months for one hand knotted rug to be woven. And they're woven by hand. So hand knot. So there are no machines that are knotting yeah. those rugs. So um, if you can only imagine what that takes. So within the hand knots, though, like I said, the size of the knot is what dictates the value of it. The larger the knot, the less expensive the rug is. The smaller the knot, the more expensive the rug is. And I think people get a little confused because when you have a larger knot, you tend to have a larger, uh, higher pile. And so some people equate the rug pile, which is the, um, you know, the length of the yarns from the bottom of the rug to the top. What you feel under your feet. If some people think that the um, pile determines the value of the rug, and that, that's not true. The Actually, the tighter woven, tighter knots, the higher knot count rugs have very low piles, very, very low. Like you could just rub your hand right across it. You wouldn't even be able to feel it. Whereas the higher the pile, you can literally, you can stick your fingers in the pile of the rug, if you know, I'm sure everybody's done that. So the tighter the weave, the more expensive the hand knot. And usually the tighter woven hand knots have very beautiful, intricate, detailed patterns. I mean, you would not believe what you can do. I mean, they're, they're like a piece of art um, and they can be very, very expensive. And we don't really talk about the size of the knot in general. I mean, like which size is better than the other. I'm just going to tell you that a hand knotted rug is the best. And the tighter the knot, the higher the knot count is um, higher value is what I would tell you. And so um, like India, a lot of the hand knots that we have from India are um, larger knots. They're not tight. And then you might find, but but they do make them. So don't think they, they definitely make them and they make them there. You might find a Ushak rug from Turkey and it's going to have a medium knot. You know, an Ushaks don't usually have the tight knots, at least, at least in my experience. I haven't seen them, but I hope that helps. I hope that it kind of explains it. Yeah. Are those sort of the two main places you would where like, you know, this is a craft. So India and Turkey, those are kind of like your go-tos to find that craftsmanship. So really it's um, India, Turkey, Persia. I mean, it's, you know, that that's where those beautiful rugs are coming from, for sure. I mean, there are some yeah. pretty ones out of China too. I just feel like that art was more passed on from Persia and those countries to India and then Turkey for sure. I mean, you know, you can find some beautiful rugs out of Turkey. Cool. Um, how does the hand knot in terms of cleanability, like vacuuming? I feel like a lot of times people are always like, oh, my wool rug sheds so much. Like what can you expect for how it's going to look 
day one after a vacuum versus, you know what I mean? Well, first of all, all wool rugs shed. So that's part of it. Um, it's a natural fiber. Um, it's going to shed. So that, um, I'm sorry, but it, it wool rugs will shed if they're just all wool. Like there are always people who are like this in the reviews, like this rug shed too much. It's like, well, well, when you vacuum your rug, if you vacuum your rug and who wants to do this, if you vacuum your rug one to two times a week, which I, did, I can't say I'm going to do that. Um, the, <laughs> if you vacuum your rug one to two times a week, it will, the shedding will lessen. And that is how you care for a rug is you vacuum it one to two times a week. But who does that? And then you should vacuum it without a um, beater bar. Do not use a beater bar. And if you don't know what that is, lift your vacuum up and look at it and you can see it. A beater bar is going to do damage to a rug. I wouldn't recommend you to use a beater bar on oh. any rug, period. Huh. Whoa. You can see when a rug has been vacuumed with a beater bar. You can you can instantly see because you can see what's going hmm. on with the vacuum cleaner. And it um, it breaks down the knots. It breaks down. It, it happens on natural fiber. It happens on any kind of rug. You don't you don't want to use a beater bar, for sure. I hope I answered that. I didn't. Yeah, I had no clue. So yeah. I'm super glad to know that. That's another taking care. I have a quick question that's out of line. But what is an ooshack? Like, how is that different? Um, <laughs> you know, ooshack is actually a, it's a pattern. It's it's a Okay. But, but some people are going to say it's, it's a technique. You know, I don't know. I believe my um, friend from Turkey when, you know, he said a new shack is a pattern. So it's, it's all who you believe <laughs> is the um, expert guru. Oh, um, okay. But anyway, my friend from Turkey who, you know, sells rugs explained to me Ushak is a pattern. And so I was like, okay, I think he probably knows what he's talking about. <laughs> But it's not used that way. I feel like in the market, it's used as a type of rug. And he always told me, no, no, it's a pattern. But if you want to say, is it a type of rug that people refer to? I feel like it's a style that um, the pattern is more open. Than it's, a, it's going to be a traditional Persian pattern, but it's going to be more open. And then you might find an Ushak with um, a color palette that's more I would say high design. It might be, um, it's not going to be um, dark. It's going to be more light in the color palette. So that term is used very loosely for sure. It almost seems like they're like more tonal or like, yeah, kind of. They can be. Like the pattern feels less bold. Yes. Than a, like a Persian rug. Agree. And it's it's opened up. So that makes it a lot um, is just is different from uh, your traditional Persian rug where the patterns are um, more detailed and tight and you know there's not a lot of uh, loose there's not a lot of ground showing but in an ushak there seems to be more ground the you know mm-hmm. of the rug showing versus the pattern and then the pattern might be in interesting colors and but you could do all neutral too so it's kind of goes both ways it, okay. It seems I've, I feel like the sometimes the ushaks are have more of a sheen to them. Is that just uh, a coincidence of what I've seen? I don't in, think I don't so. Know. Yeah, because they're no. wool. They're they're made out of wool. They're not going to be. Okay. You're not going to have viscose in a in a. Right, right, right. Yeah. So no, it, no okay. I, I guess I just feel like sometimes they look like a little bit reflective. I don't. Maybe that's just the colors. But yeah, I'm not sure great. about that. Um, so when do I use a flat weave? That was another one I just didn't, when, when do people like to use those? They do it again, just out of design or. So flat woven rugs. So for first, let me point out that a kilom is a flat woven rug from Turkey. You could also call it Kaleem. And a duri is a flat woven rug, same construction from India. So that's just something to remember the difference. The difference is the country it comes from. But um, flat woven rugs are great. I mean, I love them, but they're very flat. So the name flat woven, so they don't have the pile. So I feel like people might not understand the rug and consider it because it doesn't have the pile. It doesn't have the value, but that's really not true. 
Um, they're made by hand. The patterns in a flat woven rug, um, particularly in durries and kelums, are usually um, kind of geometric patterns. If, if you, you can have a floral, but, it, but the way it's woven is going to look almost geometric the way they do it. And that's because of how the rug is made. I don't know if that makes sense. But um, so you can have a kelum that is a floral pattern, but it, it's in these little geometric squares almost when you look at the how the pattern is made. But other than that, there's nothing wrong with a flat woven rug. It's going to be less expensive. And it, you know, cleaning it's going to be the same. It's going to be, you know, you're going to blot it if something gets spilled on it. A flat woven rug is going to be easier to roll up if you had to take your whole rug and roll it up and take it to the um, professional rug cleaner. Much easier to do with a flat woven rug because you and I could do that ourselves. So there's advantages of that. You know, it's not as heavy, etc. But it's really just your taste. It's it's what you you know, what your desire is for your rug. You you want to be passionate about the rug that you put down on your floor that you're going to keep on your floor, you know, six months, a year, five years, 10 years, you know, you want to love that rug. Okay, I have noticed, because I have a flat weave in my, my TV room, I have to vacuum it more because I feel like the, like, dirt or crumbs or whatever gets, like, you know, a, a wool rug with, like, a lot of pile to it. The pile hides it. <laughs> the pile hides it. Yeah. And like things kind of sink in. But with the flat weave, like it sits right on top. And so Maybe. it kind of looks dirtier. I mean, it vacuums very easily. Right. But I do kind of have to vacuum it a little bit more. That's just me. I mean, maybe it's the pattern too and the colors. So, and a lot of flat weaves, I don't know about yours personally, Caroline, but a lot of flat weaves are reversible. So then that makes Mm -hmm. it even easier because you get one side dirty, then you just flip that rug. Yeah. And I also found that I really have to use some carpet tape with it because it's not as heavy. Okay. What do we need to do? Carpet tape or... The rug pad, what are we doing for all these rug pads slash rug rug pad always. Rug pad. Okay. Every rug needs a rug pad. I don't Ooh. care what it is. Every <laughs> every rug needs a rug pad. What's the why? Why? What does it do? Yeah. <laughs> it protects it protects the rug and it protects the floor. So it serves two purposes. So you're protecting both sides, but every rug, every rug needs a rug pad. Even the rugs on your patio need a rug pad. Every rug needs a rug rug pad, for sure. (laughs) Y'all should see Garmin's face. She's like very wide-eyed, like, you know, I'm a rug pad fan and I have my my memory foam rug pad that I'll talk about all day. You do. You love your memory (laughs) foam one. Um, Do we use a different type of rug pad outside, I would assume? Is there? Yeah, we we sell, yes. Ballard Designs offers an outdoor rug pad. Yes. Okay, so we talked about hand knot. We talked about flat weave. Yes. But what about like, Hand tufted, hand yes. hooked. Those are all yes. different. Yes, yes, that's great. So yes, so um, hand tufted and hand to hand hooked. So um, a hand tufted and hand hooked. That really is the same type of rug. Um, the difference is when it's tufted, they've sheared the um, top of the rug. So those hooks that that are hand hooked, they've gone back and sheared them. So then they are no longer hooked. They're sheared. And um, it gives you the pile of the rug, but um, nothing's wrong with that construction. It just that's a, it it's, uh, takes a little less time. They use a um, they push the yarns through um, in the with this little tool. I can't really describe that, but anyway, they have it on a um, the rug is sitting up, and the person punches through with this tool to get it punched through, unlike the hand knot where they're literally knotting each square. So it's a little less um, intense as far as the construction purpose of it, but there's nothing wrong with the hand tufted rug. There's nothing wrong with a hand hooked rug. You don't see as many hand hooked rugs. So that, I feel like that has kind of, since I've been in the business in the beginning, that was very, very popular. But today I feel like that's not uh, people don't really, you don't really see as many hand hooked rugs as you did in the past. So I feel like that's kind of a trend that people just kind of moved away from that. But both again are, okay. are very durable rugs. There's, you know, again, the hand knotted is the, is the standard is the Mac daddy. And then the hand hooked and the hand tufted 
would be right below that. And they would give, they're going to give you a pile. So if you want that pile, you know, they're going to both the, actually the hooked is not going to have the pile, but the hand tufted will. So they are like below that in terms of price or durability yeah, or both? A, a price for sure. Durability too. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. And then what about like machine made? Nothing, like, nothing wrong with machine made rug either. So you can, you can actually have a machine tufted rug. Um, I don't believe we carry any of those right now, but um, we do carry machine made rugs all day long. For instance, your um, we carry some of our natural fiber rugs are machine made. Some of all of the out indoor outdoor performance rugs are machine made. So there's nothing wrong with the machine made rug. You just get more consistency with the machine made rug. The hand tufted, hand hooked, and hand knotted, they're all, they can vary because they're done by hand. I know it, it, mm -hmm. people might not understand that, but literally they are done by hand. So, yeah, it's kind of wild to think about someone working on your rug for five months. Yes. I mean, that's kind of crazy. It but, is. Right? It is. Could yeah. you imagine making a rug for five months? I would need a break after that. I don't think I have the attention span. It's cool though to think that these are like crafts that they've mm -hmm. they are been doing for some of the high end hand knots. The person making the rug they um, memorize the pattern. They don't even have anything that they're making it off of. They've memorized the pattern oh, nice. and they literally make it by hand. So would you be make like would they? make the same pattern over and over again and, and like use different colors or like, wow, I don't know. That's crazy. Do, do they make up the pattern? Like what, or do they just. No, they don't make up the pattern, but they're given the pattern. They're given the image. And then they, some of them have the image sitting right in front of them while they're making it. But some of them don't because they've memorized the image. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how far to go across how to, and then they, I mean, they also, if they make a mistake, they have to redo the whole thing. So it takes a long time. Wow. To, I'm talking, I'm referring to hand knotted rugs when I'm talking about yes. this. So again, that's it goes wild. into why that's the, the creme de la creme, the Mac daddy, whatever you want to refer to it. The hand knotted rug is the, that's the one you want to save your money for. And why you would keep it and hand it down Absolutely. to the next, yeah, to your kids. Absolutely. Or... Okay. Is that, are there any like construction methods we've forgotten? I don't think so. Hand knotted, hand tufted, hand hooked, flat woven and machine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there any technologies or anything kind of new in the market that they're doing um, for kind of construction? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think the only thing that we're seeing is a manufacturer who usually does polypropylene outdoor rugs probably is starting to do um, rugs that are suitable for the indoors, even though they are, they still have polypropylene and they're still made by machines, but they're just a little bit different. Not that flat woven polypropylene rug that we all love and know that definitely go, can go outdoors and can be used indoors. I think they're moving and evolving their construction to include you know, rugs with piles and things like that, but it's all synthetic fibers to your point. But as far as like an old school um, supplier, you know, I feel like we're, we're, they're still doing the same thing because they do it so well. And then if they can find different, um, you know, different um, materials and things like that. But as far as the construction, I think the constructions we've listed are really the tried and true in the rug business for sure. I think the thing that I've been most impressed just kind of seeing rugs evolve while I've been at Ballard is the those performance rugs and how great they are and how much softer they are and how great they are for indoors. Because I would normally just think of them for outdoors, but they really are great for indoors too. Definitely. And, and you know, I feel like we try to keep that in mind when we're out at market and trying to find styles or trying to find things that Lend, that, lend themselves to be used inside the house versus outside the house and have those great capabilities. I mean, we've seen it in fabric, as I think you already mentioned it. I mean, the name of the game is easy care. You know, we're at home, we're working from home more, and you want a rug that's easy care. Same with your fabric. Easy care is the name of the game. So it makes sense. So the rug manufacturers are listening and they hear it. So, you know, that 
um, part of the business has definitely grown, as you were saying. Not necessarily a new technique, but um, I feel like you're just seeing more and more um, rugs that are easy care rugs out there. They're just getting better and better. Okay. What about sizing? I feel like this is kind of the last like like technical thing we need to talk about before we get into like color and pattern and all the fun stuff. But sizing is obviously super important. Are there any like rules of thumb that you can give us? So I'm happy to tell you that your site, howtodecorate.com, yes, <laughs> actually has the best size guides that anyone could need. So I feel like that I would send someone there first and foremost, but if they don't have time to go there, just a quick few rule of thumbs. There aren't a lot, but um, for one, you want your rug just in a room to be four inches away from the wall. And I think that's an easy rule of thumb. You want that little space. You don't want your rug to go all the way up to your wall. And then in your dining room, you want your chairs to be able to um, you can pull a chair out and it's still going to be on the rug. So um, around your dining room table. So that's just kind of a quick rule of thumb. You can add the space on each side of your um, dining room rug that you put down mm -hmm. based on your chairs going in and out. And that's really, really easy. But other than that, the size is really what you want and the idea of layering, putting down a natural fiber and putting a, a hand knotted rug on top or hand tufted rug on top, that actually just adds so much texture to your room. And as far as mm -hmm. sizes go, again, our guys that you, you guys did, <laughs> does it goes over every single option. If you have your room situated a certain way, or if you have your um, dining room table is a certain um, length, or, or your bedroom even, um, I feel like the guides there are perfect. They are yeah. definitely user-friendly. And then another thought just about sizing. If your space is irregular, I think that was something that you asked. If your space is irregular, mm -hmm. you really should let the rug define the space. And so you could I love the idea, and it's from howtodecorate.com, um, <laughs> where you take the painter's tape and you, you know, map out where your rug would go. And then you look at that painter's tape and measure it, and then that is how you determine, okay, I can handle, my room can handle an 8 by 10 rug. The tape might be a little bit, you know, irregular in size, but go down a size from what your tape is measuring to, and you should be able to work with a rug. Like you're talking like the using the actual measuring tape and just like you you're not are you talking about painters tape painters tape ah okay yeah I always just think like okay I'm gonna try to get the biggest rug that can fit in my room at, at barring it doesn't touch the walls you know what I mean like that <laughs> well, you, you know? can <laughs> you can just because unless it's a unless it's an open floor plan where that it's it's so big that you know but. I just feel like the bigger the rug, anything too small, better to go big than too small. Right? I, I mean, mean, you know, I'm going to agree and disagree because I think, um, well, first of all, some people, you might not, might not be in your budget to have that big rug. True. So if that big rug's not in your budget, it's okay. You know, the rules about the um, furniture, you know, of course, initially you want all the um, legs of your furniture to sit on top of the rug. But then the rules kind of changed a little, and it's okay if just the first front two legs sit on top of the rug. And I, I think mm -hmm. if you're a beginner and you're, you know, you might not, the 10 by 14 is not in your budget. I think it's fine yeah. to have a rug that's smaller. I mean, it could be a, it could be a four by six rug as long as it's covering the area and your piece of furniture, your coffee table or whatever you have. Um, on top is going to fit. I mean, that needs to fit on top as well. But I, I, I think you can play with that depending on what your budget is. But yes, of course, bigger is better. And the larger rugs are more beautiful. When you see them in the large size, they always are just mind-blowing how beautiful they are. But um, I definitely don't think that should um, prohibit you from you know, buying a new rug. If you can't afford that larger size, well, by all means, you know, you, you can plan for that for the future. Yeah. One more thing about sizing. Okay. If you have like an open floor plan and this sort of gets into like, not just sizing, but combining multiple rugs in adjacent rooms, what should you do if you have an open floor plan and, you know, 
because the shape or the size, one rug is not enough. You've got to have maybe multiple. Yes. How do you like first figure out the size, but then also figure out rugs that are going to look good kind of adjacent? So, and, and open floor plan plans are so popular today. I mean, I feel like you hear that on every um, decorator TV show or magazine or whatever. Open floor plans are definitely trending and you can use your rug to define the space so that is what i would recommend anyone to do so if you have the open room that's your family room that moves into your dining room next door but it's all open well by all means use your rug um, to carve out that dining room space and i think it's perfectly fine like you know you might want to use a you could use a solid rug if you wanted and then a pattern rug on the other side you you know you might want to use that natural fiber rug again you want to be aware of if it's a high traffic area or um you know the usage of the area but some people you know match their rugs i mean i personally I like having different rugs, so I like having the rug on the living room side versus the dining room side to coordinate. They don't have to match. I mean, but you can. I mean, you could have the same rug, same style. But to me, it's more fun to have something totally different on the other side of the room. It just needs to coordinate. You need to have a color that you're pulling out that is found in both rugs. And really, you're doing that same thing with your um, fabric on your upholstery or your pillows or your panels and even in your art so you've got there should be one or two colors that are pulled out that are common in both of those areas that you're putting a rug if that helps no that's a great rule the the color palette like let those kind of unite your spaces yes okay well let's talk about color then let's get into color um i feel like color on a rug feels like it can be a little bit scary because it's a huge surface area, you know, but I read somewhere once that because it's flat on the ground, it like is not as bold as you think it's going to be. I don't know how to describe this exactly, but like you can go bolder on a rug than you think because it's flat and because of the way your eye is going to like take in the rug. It's more going to be more subtle, even a bold color and pattern. What do you think about that? Do you agree, Carmen? I, I don't really, I've not heard that before. Um, I can understand that your eye is not drawn down, you know, so I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I wouldn't be scared, though, of the pattern or color on a rug because remember, remember the rule of thumb, start with the rug. Everyone is going to tell you that. And um, yeah. because you're not going to change your rug as often as you might change your pillows, as often as you might change your upholstery, even your art. And it's that's why a rug is such a commitment, because you're not really going to be changing that rug a lot. Now, you can. You certainly can. You can change the rug. You can change it every six months if you want. More power to you. Um, but I think most people live with a rug for a while um, until they really want to redo their whole room, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start with a rug that has the colors that you love, and again, I can't say enough, you need to love it. You need to love that rug. I mean, I want you to. I want you to love it. And, yeah. um, and then you start throwing those fabrics on top of it. And that rug's going to just come to life. And you, you realize, oh, my gosh, look how great this looks. Oh, my word, look how great this looks. And then then add in the art to it. And then, oh, my goodness, you've got a beautiful room. I mean, you really do. And it's and not all colors of the rug are going to be used in your fabric or, you know, used in your art. or Not every single color. Like I said, pick the colors that really stand out to you that you want to pull out. Um, you know, I like green. I like blue. Blue is my favorite, but I like green. So I have a rug that has uh, a lot of like a chartreuse green in it, but it also has a spa blue in it. So it sits, it's in the living room, but it sits alongside my um, Conway rug that is spa more blue is what I would say. Not as, not as green, but it can flow, you know, it, it'll work. It'll, it can work in the room. And then you have art that just ties back in and then you have your upholstery and your pillows and your panels and all that beautiful fabric that just 
makes it the place that you want to just spend all of your time being comfy and cozy, whether it's your living room or eating your dinner in your dining room or whatever. It needs to be the place that you want to be. I always feel like getting a rug with several different colors kind of helps with longevity because to your point, like, you know, maybe right, maybe right now you're loving blue. So you pull out all the blues, but then 10 years from now, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of over the blue. I want to yeah, pull out this yellow or this green or whatever. And then once you pull out those colors, that blue almost kind of goes away a little bit, you know, once you're emphasizing the other shades in it. I um, agree with you hundred percent. And I can speak from my own experience. I have a rug that I've kept because I'm not going to get rid of it because it's a hand knot from Turkey. Um, and it's brown, you know, it's chocolate brown, like espresso brown. And I don't know if you girls, y'all might be too young to remember, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, chocolate brown was in. It was mm-hmm. chocolate brown mixed with a spa blue. And it was in uh, home fashions, um, home furnishings, fabrics. It was everywhere you turned around. I remember a brown toile even back then in fabric. But so I have this chocolate brown rug, which really honestly does not work in my home at all. So it's <laughs> it's down in the, I'm still using it. Um, it's in the um, a TV room. And so I'm just making do with it, but I will keep it. I'm not going to get rid of it by any means. And I'm still using it, but I'm certainly not going to go crazy with brown right now because that's not really where I am in my home. And even in the um, fabric world, brown, is it is coming back, but it hasn't come back completely. Um, yeah. That's what makes it exciting, you know, makes it fun, I think. Yeah. What about solids? For, oh, go sorry, you, t- you go, no, Terry. No, you got it. I was just going to say, like, patterns and solid versus using a pattern. Like, what, what are your sort of, I mean, I feel like the other thing about color and pattern is that it does a lot to camouflage mm. wear and tear and you know, stains. So that kind of helps it's, you know, for the case of having a patterned rug, but I don't know, do, can you even find solids in like a hand knot? Is that a thing? You know, I, a hand knotted solid. Hmm. Not really sure about that, but, um, I think it, it's harder to find a solid that you really are going to love. Um, and it's much mm-hmm. easier to find a pattern that you're really going to love. So I, I'm really more about pattern. And I I personally use another just idea. Uh, Don't be scared to use a hand knotted rug in your kitchen or in your bathroom. And I I have those little two by three hand knots in all of our bathrooms at the sink. And I have a hand knot in my kitchen. So, you know, those rugs are durable. They're going to last forever. But, you know, you could use a solid. Sure. I mean, there's there's some nice solids out there. But I think with wall-to-wall carpet, people probably are not going to spend the money and take the time on a solid rug. And I understand that because that that goes back to broad loom, you know, wall-to-wall. That makes sense. Okay. I have a question. What do you think about fashion rugs? Because I think there are a lot more out there right now that have like fun patterns that are maybe less expensive. When's the right time to use something that's just a little bit more playful in terms of pattern? I mean, if you've got the budget, change it up as much as you want. I mean, it makes sense to follow the season, you know, to have maybe change up your rugs, keep the rugs spring, summer, change them up fall, winter. You know, to me, that would make sense because you, you're going to change some elements in your home Anyway, you know, you're going to pull out your pumpkins when it's Halloween or, you know, for October or for Thanksgiving, you get more harvest, more leaves. And so I'm all for it. I mean, if it's in your budget, do it. I mean, it's such an easy thing to do to just throw. Now, this is I prefer hardwoods, but you can still throw a rug down on a a carpet, a room that's wall to wall carpet as well. Don't be afraid to do that. You can certainly do it. A rug pad will help that as well. I hope I answered that. Yeah, I'm baffled that someone would change their rug for the season. So yeah. seems wild to me. <laughs> I mean, me too. Like you said, if you've got the budget and the and the time I've, to do it, I've done kitchen like, mats and coir mats. I'll, I love a seasonal coir yeah. mat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's easier with those little two by three, three by five um, 
I'm a big fan of those. And I'm, I am talking about hand knotted. I'm a big fan of those. They're so cute and they look so great um, in front of a sink or, you know, at a door. I have mine on the inside of the door and and they're going to last, you know, so take take you know take advantage of those if you want to add some pops of color but i totally understand i mean i haven't changed out a rug in my home that you'd have to hire a moving company you'd have to hire movers people to come over yeah but there are people that do it i'm sure you know i find it so hard just to even find a rug that i fall in love with that yes the idea of finding multiple i'm like well i don't even know i haven't even filled up all the areas that need a rug yet because i'm trying to find just the right thing. I hear you. I hear you. It took me before I bought my first real rug. I call it a a hand knot is a real rug. The first time I bought a real rug, I probably had been the rug merchant for 10 years. I just kept searching for that right rug. And that's the brown espresso brown one that is down in the TV room (laughs) that I was talking about. That was my first real rug purchase, you know, but I loved it and I still love it. It's just not in my color palette right now. It'll come back around. It will. <laughs> it, yeah, will. it will. You know it. That's why you're keeping it too. It will. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to keep, um, just to be realistic with people too. What's the expectation on longevity of these different type of rugs? You know, if I get a natural fiber, what should, I know again, dog messes on it completely. Ruined. Yeah. But what yeah. is the general longevity of that versus a flat weave versus I'm assuming a hand knots forever. You tell me. So, okay, we'll start first with just a doormat that goes outside your house. Because I don't think people understand those doormats that go outside your door. If the elements, if they're in the elements, they're going to last maybe six months. You're going to be lucky if they last six months and they are meant for you to change out. So that doormat that you put to welcome your guests outside it's, it's not going to last six months. You need to be realistic. Okay, Carmen, I do have that rope doormat that's a different made one. out of lobsters. That's a different one. That, Lob- that's a different one because that is a different construction. <laughs> so I'm referring to a courier mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm referring to a courier mat. And you're right. That lobster mat is synthetic material. So therefore, it, it should last. It should last forever. Yeah. As far as rugs go, again, it goes back to starting at the top. The hand-knotted rug is going to last a long, 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 long time. I mean, there are people that have hand knots. Um, Ryan McKelvey from our company, he has hand knots that have been passed down in his family that are just generations after generations after generations. Um, so hand knots will last forever. I mean, you know, you're going to see wear and tear. And sure, if you have a dog who, you know, likes to scratch in a certain spot on a hand knotted rug, is, is the hand knot going to, Uh, withstand that? No, no. I mean, you know, you have to be realistic, but a hand knot will withstand um, the test of time. And then the tufted rugs, I mean, really it depends, the tufted and the um, hooked, it depends, and a flat weave. It depends on the traffic. It depends on the usage. You know, are they in areas where they're getting traffic day in and day out, or are they in a part of the home that barely even sees anyone. So it, it depends on that. But I mean, I don't have a time frame. I mean, you know, a sofa I think is supposed to last seven years. So I'm going to say, go out on a limb and say a rug should at least last as long as a sofa. Seven to 10 years would be my guess. But um, again, the type of construction is what is going to determine the longevity. Now, a polypropylene rug it should last forever like that lobster um, mat that you have, Caroline. It's going to last because it's polypropylene. It's basically indestructible. I hope that helps. Yeah, it's kind of like if you, you're going to get tired of it before it, with a hand knot, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. before, or move into a place where it doesn't fit. Yeah. That's another thing that I think is So the hand knot in my kitchen has parts where it's fraying, and that's just from wear and tear. I like it. You know, I like it because to me, that just shows character of the rug. I don't look at it as a flaw. I just have to keep my eye on it so that it doesn't start fraying too much to where there's, you know, the rug, there's a hole in the rug. So I just have to keep my eye on it. But yeah, I think it shows character for sure. Can you have holes like that in a hand on a rug, like mended by like a... Oh, I'm sure. Expert? Yes, I'm sure. And they'll, they'll, um, 
they'll look at it and determine is it worth it or not, you know, to mm-hmm. mend it. And it, it, it's it's pricey. That would be expensive. Oh. But yes, okay. you can. Yes. My mother-in-law had a rug that had holes in it that was passed down. And the um, rug place said, no way. <laughs> We're not going to touch it because it, it would mm-hmm. cost too much. But to your point, like, unless I guess it's, you just live with it. Yes. Yeah. If you can live with it, live with it. And there are now, now there are rugs, aren't there rugs where it, um, is almost designed to look threadbare. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Which I think is, you know, it's kind of like when people would be like, why would you pay for jeans? with a Yes. It's the same concept. <laughs> yes. And a brashing is a technique that is done on rugs that are not your, um, authentic old vintage rugs. Um, it's a technique that makes the rug look vintage. And we, we carry rugs that have a heavy abrashing. And that's what that's called. And they, they do that on purpose. Okay. I think we need to talk some more about care. And like, what do, do you have any tips and tricks, products that you use? Like, how do you clean your, an average stain, Carmen? What are your secrets? So personally... I use Blue Dawn dishwashing detergent and water, which is the same thing you would use on your um, umbrella or inside out fabric. So it's it's a great thing to have at home. I use it on almost anything. So that you know you mix it. You don't put the Dawn straight on top of your stain, and then you blot your stain. So um, I just did this. I just literally did this two nights ago. Something spilt on my rug, and so I blotted it with a paper towel with water and blue dawn and it came out. So, um, that is certainly a trick. And then, um, another little trick would be to use water with, um, white vinegar and a mild detergent, which would kind of be like a, maybe a dawn, but, or just, I've used water with white vinegar, just those two things on a rug. And I mean, it Mm -hmm. worked. So, and again, blot, I, I, you know, a lot of people don't really understand that you blot it, not scrub it. And because when you scrub it, you're just putting the stain, you're, you're scrubbing it into the rug. So blot hmm. is very, very important, which is really the same as your, it's the same as your fabrics. It's the same as your um, performance fabrics. You blot, you do not scrub. Yeah, it is hard because your instinct is to start scrubbing it and you just blot it and it eventually will go away. And then For harder stains that you're like, I have worked on this. I cannot get this out. Always, when all else fails, seek a professional rug cleaner, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, darn, now I'm thinking, because I like to use a little toothbrush, like an old toothbrush. That doesn't blot it. So you probably want to, and and the cloth you need to use needs to be clean. needs to be a clean cloth, white, clean cloth to blot. And you just, you know. So my, my, my spill was on my rug and on my, it's, it's splattered onto my, um, Sunbrella PK fabric on a upholster piece. And I, I did this and it worked. I okay. watched it myself. I saw it myself. <laughs> I, um, also have one of those green, uh, like Bissell green things where it like sucks the, you Yes. Put water on it. You spray water on it. And then it like sucks the, it's not a steam cleaner, but it just yes. sucks the air, sucks the water out. I've had good success with that. Yeah. So it's extracting it. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a vacuum, but for water. Yeah. That works. Just be careful. Just be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what the rug is. And how long you want it to last, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty gentle. It's it's like you just kind of run it very oh, slowly. I'm, yeah, I'm joking. I have one of those too because somebody on the podcast told us to get it, mm-hmm. so I bought it. <laughs> I, I like it. I think well, it's great. I, I, I want to say yeah. I think you're, you can use that on your performance fabrics, right? Mm-hmm. I, do. I, could, I do. I think they oh. said that at Inside Out. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, what I don't like about the little machine, just side note, is it has this, like a squirter, and I feel like if you super soak, meaning you just hold down the trigger, it'll keep putting out the solution slash water. And then on the cushion, need to be careful mm-hmm. before I make it sloppy. Yeah, if you, well, I, on a on the umbrella, especially, you get to like watermarks mm-hmm. is the so issue. If you don't like really get out all the liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the downside. But for a rug, that's not really relevant. Mm-hmm. But for umbrella, it is. 
I also love Folex. I don't know. Do y'all all use Folex? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know this. I get it on Amazon, mm -hmm. but it's like a upholstery and rug treat, stain treatment. Okay. You know, that yellow liquid, sometimes your dog or cat Oof. Yeah. throws up. That is like, to me, the absolute number one hardest thing to get out, like worse than, because <laughs> it's like acid. And But Folex works for that for me. So anyway. All right. That's noted. Okay. What have we, is there anything we haven't covered? I mean. Yeah. What else? That was my list. It's a very ex list. extensive list, but I don't know, Liz and Taryn, if y'all have some outstanding questions for Carmen. No, I mean, I, no, I we that covered was so, so much. much. Yeah. I don't think anyone, if they have another question, I'd love to hear it. They need to write in because this was so good, Carmen. One more thing to remember about rugs. Rugs follow fabric very late. So um, remember that, let's say lavender i'm making this up is the color of the year and everything is in lavender and everything you see is lavender and you know we're going to show pops of lavender well it'll take the rug world about a year later to come up with a rug that might have a little bit of lavender in it not a lot so for instance green is really trending right now in the fabric world and it's very hard to find a rug that's that is predominantly green you're actually not really going to find a rug that's predominantly green because the rugs remember you're buying a rug that's going to last really a lifetime they want you to buy a rug that lasts a lifetime but let's just say you're buying a rug that's going to last 10 years so you can't get too trendy in in the mm -hmm. um, colors that are used in a rug if that makes any sense so i feel like you kind of see some of the same colors from different rug manufacturers over and over again because that's just they're looking for longevity they're not looking for trends well plus if it takes us six months to make the rug exactly yeah. exactly so just you know if you're ever wondering why can't i find that yellow rug or you know. <laughs> yeah anything know. in terms of like pattern or color that um you're seeing like sort of at the trade shows and in the industry that we should be looking out for so um you know, I think the most recent trend in the rug world was um, abstracts. So that was the last one. You know, I felt like we really were starting to see rugs. Oh, we, we offer some at Ballard, but um, a rug that looks like a piece of abstract art. I think that's been the most recent trend that you've seen in the rug world. But you're always going to have like the Persian tree of life, which I love so much that that has just stood the test of time like a tree of life pattern put it in put it in different colors and you know change up the spacing and it becomes a totally updated transitional tree of life but tree of life is like a traditional pattern um, and we have one that we're offering right now that's updated so i just love that it, you know that's something you're always going to see it's always going to be out there and those persian patterns they're always out there um, they stood the test of time for sure um, we're seeing less geometrics. You know, there was a time when I felt like we saw geometrics everywhere. And I feel like that trend has kind of subsided a little bit. But I think the abstract would be the most recent trend that you see in the rug world. But it, remember, the rug world's not as trendy as the fabric world. Okay, so herringbones are out. They've been, they've been buried, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, I'm, I'm I mean, thinking when you're thinking still, about trend geometrics, that's what I think about. We still carry a herringbone, you know, and it sells. So, you know, there's still a need for oh. that. But, okay, wrong. you know, you know what I'm saying by that? I mean, there's still a need for yeah. it. It's just not the trend aspect. Now, what about um, printed natural fibers? I think those those can be so pretty and so kind of fun to just kind of pop into a room. Yes, I, th I think you're totally right. We've, we were having some fun with some printed um, natural fibers, and that's just a great way to add pop to your room with color and pattern. And But again, that, that rug's not going to last. That's like a you know, six months to a year, if you, if it's in a room with high traffic, kids, pets, et cetera. And that's not a rug that you want to have a spill on because um, you're not gonna be able to pour water on it and then you'll be upset. So just be aware, you know, buyer be aware. 
that's definitely though a fun way to add pop and color and trend and fashion to a room easy and inexpensive definitely all right well carmen you're also the fabric merchant so we might need to do a fabrics 101 episode because <laughs> that's another place that like you know the materials and are very important in terms of especially if you're shopping online so. I mean, I basically have the best job ever because I'm dealing with fabrics and rugs. So, I mean, I'm seeing pattern and color and at both sides and it's it, it makes it so fun and so exciting. It truly is. I mean, especially watching the trends, you know, and seeing, mm-hmm. seeing things come and go and having been here so long, like I said, I was here when chocolate brown, <laughs> espresso brown was in, you know, and I keep waiting for brown to come back. I keep waiting for twall to come back, you know, and we, oh, we see yeah. it in in bits and pieces um you know back in the day twall was everywhere and you know now you hardly see it but um it's still a classic and it probably will come back I, i've always loved a twall you're right someone needs to maybe taryn needs to do a twall yeah. watercolor updated in, <laughs> in fun fashion colors yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> You can, y'all can come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. It's so classic, I'm sure. Yeah. Did y'all ever do like the, um, I've always loved like the all over twelve rooms where it's like a wallpaper with the matching fabric. Yes. The whole deal. I've always loved those spaces. I do too. I feel like Schumacher still does that. Yeah. All right. Well, Carmen, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we've answered everyone's questions. If we did not answer your question, then send it. Send us the question at podcast at ballardscience.net. We'll answer it, answer it on a future episode. But thank you for sitting down with us. We thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. I hope I helped a little. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Definitely. Thank you, Carmen. All right. Thank you. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!